Hey, welcome back to another episode of the Tapehead Massacre podcast. I am one half of your hosts. My name's Caleb. And I'm Tyler. Welcome back, guys. It's uh, We're now halfway through spooky season. Is that about right? Yeah, we're like officially halfway through. Yeah. Uh, kicking, living. We started a, started a bit late today. Um, I was talking about how if anybody out there knows what it's like to not have a car, even for like a good 12 hours. It's only been 12 hours since we haven't had a vehicle. We went from two down to one, getting the tires fixed. Now we're down to zero. And the lack of control one has without a vehicle, you don't realize it until you don't have it. You don't Dude, know, it's terrible. In the words of, I forget who it is, you don't know what you got till it's gone. I think that's a shitty 80s hair metal song. Lyric. Oh, definitely. By the is. way. So. Yeah, it's like, like fucking Bobby Michaels or D. Snyder. Yeah, so it's so, Bobby. I don't even know who the fuck I'm talking about. They're probably all real people. Bobby, D. Snyder. Bobby, quiet, right. I was gonna say Bobby Michael sounds like one of those one of those fictional character movies. Like, and it's like I was thinking of Brett Michaels. That's what I was thinking of. And Bobby, Bobby, somebody else. That's, Brett, yeah. that's Brett Michaels' Down syndrome yeah, cousin, Brett Bobby. <laughs> Bobby Michaels. Hello, I'm Bobby. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, guys. So this is going to be a really fun and interesting and unique episode. Um, kind of like it was when we had Joe Bizarro on. Yeah. Uh, we talked about Joe Bizarro's movie, Brides of Satan. Um, meanwhile, our guest that we're going to have on the show today, Bobby, and it is, we have confirmation, it is Knipe. Yes. Um, it is not Canopy, and I feel like a smacked ass, because why the fuck would it be Canopy? Thank you. Thank so. you. I'd like to thank Honors English for guessing that correctly, so shout out 9th, 10th, 11th grade. You, you did me there right. You served Tyler, me well. Tyler, AP English, grammar. That's me. That's me. That's um, me over here. <laughs> but uh, yeah, so we're going to have Bobby Knipe Jr. on the show today. Uh, and he's in the process right now of making a really awesome documentary about video stores in the 70s, 80s, and 90s and uh, the wave that they uh, came in on and went out on. So um, yeah. really looking forward to that documentary. We're going to talk to him about that. We're also going to talk to him about um, the uh, newest film he'll be starring in. Um, which is Shark Exorcist 2. And it's pretty crazy because my buddy Mikey, uh, who came to the tape swap, yeah, he actually sent me like last month or like maybe like two months ago, um, like a screenshot. And it was like, dude, you got to watch this movie. It's on Prime. And it was Shark Exorcist 1. Yeah. And uh, directed by Donald Farmer, um, which... Uh, I know that Bobby will be talking a little bit. Um, I want to talk. I want to talk with Bobby about like working with Donald Farmer because Donald Farmer is known for um, Cannibal Hookers, which oh, was like shit. a big '80s film, and then he did the the remake and and the modern day time. Uh, he's got a he's got a pretty solid fucking discography behind him. Um, so all around today's episode is going to be pretty fucking sweet. Oh, uh, yeah. I'm excited. I love having guests on the show. It always. Uh, it always like tosses you in a uh, like a curveball curve. that it, yeah yeah it's definitely yeah, curveball a little different little different flavor to the the, the normalcy of, of what we do and plus I'm I'm a big sucker for documentaries so I'm, I, I got a lot of questions for him uh, I'll try not to give have him give everything away right but I am curious about sort of you know uh, what he's done what he's seen um, you know on, on his travels who he spoke with some cool stories uh, you know I'm always interested in anything historical especially pop culture I think that's I mean and you could say it's I don't know if you want to say it's necessarily pop culture history but it's very much tied to it so um, yeah no for sure yeah and I'm uh, for it it's cool because it's the world of VHS and uh, it's, you can see it's behind, the world I like being in. as you can see behind Caleb that's 
and what we talk about almost every episode. How yeah, fitting could it be? Tapes and things. Uh, speaking of which, that's going to segue into this here, uh, this fucking addiction that I've um, I've had for a long time, which is buying tapes. But there's a there's a new uh, taste that is that has come to be, and uh, it's dangerous. And that is eBay. And I've bought things on eBay before, but sure. Uh, now it's been an issue of taking my phone and scrolling through the ending soonest uh, category of, and then under subcategory of VHS horror. So oh. it's just such a direct, streamlined way to find <laughs> tapes that I'm interested in. So yeah. it's literally you search VHS horror and then you sort by ending soonest. And it's literally. The tapes that are up for auction that are being bidded on and then oh. ending soonest. So like so you're the you'll one hit that category. You're the one who yeah, dies it's like the nine last seconds. Second. Yeah, it's like nine <laughs> seconds left, and I'm like, Yeah. You that's, know? Your, that's, your, so. that's just your adrenaline junkie coming out, I think, a little bit in, Dude, in the most calmest of forms. It's really bad, man. Like, it's really fucking bad. And like so like last week I picked up uh it was actually I think right after our episode, I like laid down and uh, um was just was doing just that i was scrolling through ebay <laughs> and i really we got to talking about it on the last week's episode yeah. and i really want a wizard video original texas chainsaw massacre copy i want the og yeah and right now i believe there is a copy listed for a lot of money um and i'll tell you how much in one second Got it. Uh, so right now there is one listed. There's two. Uh, one is just the tape, and fuck that. I want the cover, baby. Sure. Give me the cover. Sure. So just the tape. It's up for six hundred and ninety-four dollars. Jesus Christ. Just the tape. Now there's been a whole fucking big fiasco right now about. Um, and it's been going on for a few months now. And I think we saw, we talked about it on episodes prior. Mm-hmm. But um, this whole grading system for tapes. Oh, yeah. And it's, it's just this bullshit of, like, shill bidding on eBay and uh, these, like, guys that you pay to send your tapes to these guys t- for them to grade it and then list it. And then they list it for an astronomical price. And it's making the tape world look more extravagant than it was in the sense of right now the only intact copy of a wizard video texas chainsaw original press is listed for three (laughs) hundred and twenty five thousand dollars that's insanity first of all who would do you really think somebody would pay for that i think there might be some like somebody out there that might that just has stupid money yeah and here's the thing they they come in the plastic like grading system like you see anything that's graded baseball cards football cards whatever you know sure. comic books, um, and that's the whole thing. It's basically you send your tape to this guy and you pay him X amount of dollars, and then he puts it in this fucking thing, gives it a grading, and it's just some Joe schmo like. And I mean, I guess to get into grading things, I guess everybody is just a Joe schmo, but they have to be a historian, you know, right. to be able to like know like oh the fucking the molding on this tape or this uh the 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 ink that they used they're like you know guys like know their shit you know what i mean like 
it's but, weird that when I think of those people, I think of like the fucking episodes of Pawn Stars where they come. That's in what I'm saying. They literally, like, they, they call the expert. Yeah, 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 and then just an expert fucking. And the guy that like, comes in just smells the thing. He's like, Nah, it's fake. Yeah, he's like, No, nope, it's not, just like not real. Not, this is actually from '65 and not '63. So go fuck yourself. You're not getting anybody. <laughs> and then, like they just kind of like walk out and like ruin people's yeah. hopes and dreams. <laughs> And yeah. then the guy's just like instantly pissed, and then Chumley is like, "Yeah, I just like I can't do anything for you." Sorry. Yeah, he's like, "I got really skinny," and that's all. Like, that's <laughs> all I think of when I see Chumley now. I'm like, "Dude, lost a lot of weight. That's it." And he, did. he also had like a he sure did. He also had like a I think he had like a criminal past there for a minute. There was some shot. there was some stuff going on there. Like there was some weird stuff. I mean, I, I would, yeah, I don't know. He looks like his drug of choice would be meth, but that's yeah, a whole it could be meth. Could be that's speed. a whole side conversation. Yeah, it could yeah. be speed too. I mean, that's listen. Speed. Got skinny out of nowhere, so this is true. Yeah, but 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 yeah, three hundred twenty-five thousand dollars for this graded uh, seven out of seven point five. Um, so yeah, I'm not gonna pay that. No. So no. if any listeners out there have a wizard video copy of the Texas Chainsaw Massacre that they would want to get rid of for a couple hundred dollars, I'll pay a couple hundred dollars for it. <laughs> but I'm not gonna pay six. I'm not gonna pay seven hundred dollars for just the bare naked tape. No. And I'm fucking goddamn sure not gonna fucking pay <laughs> fucking like almost half a million dollars. <laughs> like definitely at least over a quarter anyway. You know. Yeah. So that's like that's I'm not. I don't I mean first off I don't have that kind of money to begin with. No. All right. Christ. No, that's a house. And, that's but, a nice house. Yeah. That's yeah. That's a real nice house in yeah. like a really nice area. Yeah. But you can get a tape. But, <laughs> yeah, so all the yeah, but you could get a tape. Yeah, true that. So I mean, like that's just fucking bullshit. And then like, if you look, like I'm gonna do the sold because that's where you know this is like that's the thing. Like people see what it's listed for and they're like, oh my god, my tape is worth so much money. Yeah, it's like no, the listing price doesn't mean dog shit because it's what it's sold for. That's what you do. Okay, so the last, <laughs> the last one sold for a thousand dollars. Yeah, that's on October fourteenth. I mean, it's clean, but I mean, I can't. I'm not. No, 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 no. no. <laughs> I'm not making up uh, reasons to justify it being a thousand dollars. This one on September twenty second sold for four hundred and five dollars. This one sold for four hundred and twenty five dollars. A thousand seven hundred. This one sold for seventeen hundred. Or no, it was listed at seventeen hundred, and then a best offer was accepted. Huh. So, yeah, there's just a, there's a lot of fucking like that's that's probably like that would be my grail tape and it's not even going to be played ever. It's just no. going to be for fucking honestly, bro, at this point, fucking Dylan, you're listening. I know you are. Uh, Psycho Pirate VHS. Just make me the goddamn boot. Just make it look 100 percent identical. Yeah. I'm not going to try and sell it. All no. right. Well, I was going to say the only reason to buy that type of tape would be and in some way just it's almost like a savings or like sort of like a sweat equity. I don't even know if that's actually yeah, the right yeah. fucking term. No, well, but... yeah, it's like purchasing gold. Yeah, exactly. It's like you, you buy it low and sell it high. Right, and then it's also kind yeah. of like a stock because it depends on where VHS is in the world in terms of how much interest there well, is. right now it's going up. It's going up, right. Immensely. Yeah. And, like, the, the thing is, is that, like, I'm seeing, like, right now there's, like, this, like, big, uh, like, people are searching for, like, the the last wave of tapes that were that were made. Sure. Um. So, like, um... Uh, fuck, what was it? Like, History of Violence with yeah. uh, Vigo Mortison. Okay. Like, apparently that was, like, one of the last tapes, like, ever put into production. So, like, now that's selling for, like, astronomical prices. Wow. And, like, that was made in, like, mass production. Sure. So, like, 
that's just crazy that like a common tape it just because it was like one of the last waves to go out yeah. is being just soaked up right now and there's a few other ones that i'm just like not remembering but, sure uh sure yeah i mean it's just crazy that like um there's just like this like massive wave coming into the tape world and sure. people are which is awesome i i would love more people to hop in on the uh the collecting element and the um it's just a fun thing to talk about and like and have and like yeah they take up space but like i think having a physical piece of media is definitely a lot more fun and then it goes back to like earlier episodes where we talked about like a lot of tapes that are out there you know the films that the tapes are on yeah uh or the tapes that the films are on rather <laughs> yeah yeah, yeah I, got, um, I got you i got you i followed yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. but uh yeah so like they're not made on they're not on your streaming platform some of them they're not going to be put out on you know blu-ray or dvd you know so there's just like some 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 cool stuff plus you might you know you might come across some like crazy home video stuff if you're out thrifting (laughs) yeah you don't know what's gonna cut in the middle of it you know that's the truth exactly it's the truth but um yeah yeah so ebay has been a big uh has been a big thing i just like right before we started recording i uh bid on several tapes um like uh reanimator the original i actually don't have um i don't have that tape um and then like uh uh blood orgy which is like a trauma film um oh apparently i've been outbid uh uh, uh, this is like this is real time bidding dude this is uh, yes it's real just real time bidding guys the new new podcast is called adrenaline ebay with caleb (laughs) eBay junkies. eBay junkies. Yeah, it's, it's a it's a it's a sideways segue. That's um, it. Yeah. But uh, nice man. Yeah, dude. So what uh, what have you watched this week? Ah, dude. Well, I, I want to save it for when Bobby comes on because I know you had said he and on his Instagram too. He had saw the early screener, but Halloween Kills and uh, I uh, I mean I watched it literally. If I had to put it like twelve hours ago, really, I think yeah. in the grand scheme of things. I don't know how I feel. I don't know how I feel. I just finished, uh, I think I mentioned it on the last episode, prior episode, uh, Midnight Mass. Yeah, you did um, talk about that. Which was, was solid. It was it's slow. Definitely a slow burner. Outside of that, I was catching clips because my wife right now, Kate, who will be on the next episode with, with Kate's Corner, um, yes. she is cleaning the apartment, but she's watching the OG, I think, 1930s Nosferatu. And, oh, very uh, cool. I have never seen yeah, that's it. A, that's, I've never seen oh, it. Oh, dude, it's... So, there's this uh, box set, and uh, um, I saw it at FYE, and it's Fouet? it's called... Yeah, the Fue. The Fue. That's what I started calling it. It's kind of like Target with Target, but FYE is now Fue. 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 It's like a... Ah, Fue. Fue. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Fue. It's like French nonsense. Yeah, yeah. literally. <laughs> But, uh, yeah, so they had this box set, and it was, like, I want to say 60 films. Oh, wow. Um, and it was called, like, um, Hammer Horror Classics or something like that. And it was, like, Nosferatu. That's right. Like, and it's a ton. It's, like, a fucking 60, or it's, like, a 30-disc box set. And there's two films on each disc. And uh, I was thinking about scooping that up because there's definitely, like, Pam and I were having this topic, of con- we were having this discussion the other day. Yeah. That, like, there is a lot of, like, old horror films sure. that i haven't seen well really and that you can i really want to get in i really want to i really yeah. want to get back into that i don't know if um 
having their own dedicated episode for the show would Dude. be the most entertaining. I mean, maybe. Listen. Or then we have like a compilation episode of like, you know, Universal Monsters and like maybe like a yeah. Bela Lugosi episode or like yeah. a Boris Karloff. Well, I mean, you know, I, like. I think that'd be awesome because I, because I was catching a clip of it and I was like, oh, wow, this is actually like pulling me in. And you got to really think about it. We're, we're always focused more on what I consider to be the second wave of horror with the late 70s into the 80s. But if you look at it, 30s 40s 50s that's arguably your your true first wave of like what kind of spurned and spawned a lot of the things yeah, that came out honestly it. because of the technology in its infancy at that time um, for filmmaking a lot of it just based on its production value it makes it uh, dark and like creepy in its own oh, sure you know just because like the 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 fucking like the mind and the eye for these, yep. these shots that you would have had to have had back then it was just, it was i mean it was it was groundbreaking i mean you oh, know yeah. so like that's that's why at this point now like i'm i'm definitely like you know averting my attention that way uh so that way you know i can really get more knowledgeable into the history of kind you know not kind of but what started right at all right and um you know one thing i was looking at was that there's um you know, Elvira talked about a lot of um, of those films. You know, she was a horror hostess for sure. uh, a very long time. And she, you know, talked about these movies. She hosted these movies on her show. And a lot of them are on tape. And I think that'd be like a, a cool, fun, you know, commentary type deal to have over top of yeah. you know, these, these classic films. So like maybe we should. It, do- it's getting into a, like a dangerous realm when it comes to collecting now for me. Oh, a thousand percent. Well, what would be cool is we should do like more of a visual episode for those. I think because I think it'd be cool to, as like we're watching it, kind of have it, you know, actually spawned across like we do on YouTube all the time. But I think that'd be cool to actually like watch those films. And to your point, yeah, you kind of especially when you talk about the history of things, you almost want to start with almost like we're in fucking grade school again. Speaking of honors here we'll do honors horror history with, with yeah. Tyler and Caleb. <laughs> but uh i mean it's it's you kind of start with that base level of foundation and then work up from there because ultimately yeah. you know i think most films from the 70s and 80s whether they're consciously subconsciously they're going to be pulling from those films of 20 30 40 years ago because that's what directors were inspired by too right so right. Yeah. um you know it'd be it'd be interesting to see which halloween kills does have some references to a couple of the films um, not well thought out. I'll just say that. But again, I'm gonna try to hold tight. I'm gonna try to hold tight and, and keep all of my opinions until uh, the Bob comes on. And then, yeah, yeah. No, I'm definitely, I'm definitely with you there. Yeah. Um, do you want to? Uh, yeah, let's try this out. I'm gonna see if this works. Um, for our YouTube, um, our YouTube listeners or watchers or whatever you want to say, stalkers. Um. <laughs> We should start calling our yeah. fans stalkers just to keep with the heart. <laughs> All I you love stalkers that. out there. Because uh, I f- think I figured out how to... Um, I think I figured out how to do this with sound, so you should be able to hear this. Oh, really? All right, so are you seeing my screen right now? I am seeing it. You're seeing like the YouTube, John? Yep. All right, cool. So let's see if this works. This should come through. It does. Wow, audio. that's crazy. Yeah. Cool. All right, very cool. So this is the... This is the trailer, the most recent trailer. Let's watch this. She's a housewife, by the way. 
Oh shit. God damn. Now see, I I haven't I haven't seen this yet. Oh no. No. Oh wow. No, I haven't watched it yet. She's a housewife, by the way. Little nod to H3. Yep. If I'm not mistaken, it is Nick Castle playing Michael, right? It is, yeah, he's credited anyway. Oh, actually, I'm not sure. of Michael Myers. Glory, what do we do? We fight. Mom, our family. We'll kill him. We're gonna hunt him down and we're gonna put an end to this. He is not gonna stop killing until we stop him. If you track Michael's victims, that's a straight line. Dense season of the witch. Yeah, yeah, the nods to the masks. Yep. It's pretty cool. It is. It's like one of the two references or three that they have. I don't know if I don't know if they're gonna play the line that I keep hearing on the radio or not. <laughs> in this trailer, but it's the most corny line. Oh, dude, it's it's bad. You wanna kill someone? Take me, Michael. I wanna take his mask. Yep. That's so corny, bro. Yep. Like I wanna take his mask. Oh no, nah, come on. No, the. the the corniest line, without question, is the one you sent me earlier in text is evil dies tonight. So let me just say this. You, you got to watch this film two ways. And I'll, and I'll repeat this when, when Bobby comes on. Kate pointed it out, and I think it's fair. I watched it in the vein of, okay, this is going to be sort of a continuation of the first, which is really a mimicking of the first Halloween in so many ways, but just kind of a different spin on it, but still within the same storyline and story arc. Right. If you watch it that way, you're not going to be happy. But secondly, if you've never seen any Halloweens before, or you've kind of pattered, pattered around, just start from the beginning and kind of work your yeah. way through. Because if you try and watch it, you're going to be confused because there's just so many things that happen. Um, but Kate had a good point. She said, watch this as if it's a campy sort of, comedy infused 80s slasher and you won't be disappointed and i sort of changed my view like i was just like i'm gonna force myself to watch it as and make my mind see it as that yeah. it actually wasn't that bad but it, you know if you're a fan of halloween you're like well fuck that that's not what i'm trying to watch <laughs> so. well Tro trox and i were actually texting right before uh you hopped in and we started recording and basically what we were talking about was uh the paul rudd curse of michael and oh, yeah. uh which was like age six i think mm -hmm. um cursive and yeah. uh so that one was so bad with the thorn cult that they had to completely ditch that entire timeline yep. and then they made h2o yep and because they fucked up so bad like <laughs> bringing that whole like the reason that michael kills and he's fucking he's this and he's that know, he doesn't die it's because he's being puppeteered by the thorn cult yep. like yep you know and it's just like while that is an interesting concept and idea, and it kind of gives you a reason for Michael's like insanity and how he just doesn't die, yeah, um, 
it was ac- executed so poorly. Oh, and for sure. Poorly, so poorly that they had to completely abandon that entire timeline and then <laughs> just start over. C- divert to a different timeline. Four line. years later, they're just like, yep, nope, didn't happen. Nothing happened. Well, yeah. it's weird. I saw a comment too that said people trashing this film are the same people that won't admit that Halloween 4 through 6 were trash just because of nostalgia factor. I saw that. Yeah, and I, I saw like, that as well. I don't know. I could certainly say five, definitely six, Curse of. They were. I, five wasn't good. Five, five, five was the first Halloween that I saw. Yeah, right, right. Which So to that point, yeah. Yeah. I. It makes sense. It makes total sense. Uh, and I think I, I look at five the same way I kind of look at this film where it's like I could probably go back and watch it because there's a lot of great kills. That, that That's one consistent thing that people I think have agreed on. The kills are, if you're like a true gore hound, it's fucking, it's a primo. Primo kills. And it's, yeah. but it's almost, I, I got to stop myself. It's almost unlike the kills of what Michael Myers typically does. Like the, the way yeah. he's killing, you're like, that's not what he would do. He's never done that in fucking nine films before this whatever one this yeah. is the 10th 11th well listen let's yeah let's 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 hold this because we have Christ. we have we have the man coming on here soon and we'll talk yeah we'll talk uh we'll talk about it with him yep and uh we'll get the juices rolling with that yeah um but uh real quick before we get bobby in here let's um let's go over any any cool shit you've been listening to lately so i found this fucking band and they've been an earworm for the last two and a half, three weeks. They're off of Pure Noise Records. And it's nothing like what Pure Noise does. It's not your fucking, I miss my, you know, I hate my mom, I hate my dad, I hate this town type of shit. And my my girlfriend is the worst. It's a band called Just Friends. They came out, I think like 2018. And it's the, and I say this kind of funnily, the guitarist of Mom Jeans. It's his side project, but it's like ska meets kind of like R&B. It's all over the place, but it's fucking so catchy. They just brought a song called Sunflower, um, and it's very, I don't even know what it is. It's almost like, it's like, I don't even fucking know. It's, I can't even like put a number to it, but a lot of their their backing shit is ska though. And some people like like ska some people fucking hate ska <laughs> yeah ska ain't for me I, so I, love, I will check it out i will i, I, I know you do. I, do, I do i will i will definitely check it out and give it a shot Just i friends. know pam loves mom jeans oh well, there you so, go there you go so that's so it's, she might she might be into this guitarist offshoot uh so just friends has been a, a very consistent listen uh web wing just put out that song make a dime yeah uh yeah, really good fucking really weird uh, i can never remember his name taylor um the taylor yeah, madison madison thank yeah. you the, the lead singer of formerly the lead singer of super heaven he's got like they're still a band they are still a band oh they're yeah they're like playing like a handful of shows in the uk fucking i didn't even know which is awesome thank god for that they never declared they, they were done. broke up yeah because like i went and saw them a couple Damn. years ago yeah so well yeah, you know, so fucking yeah they, they'll play a show every now and then super heaven if you're listening put out another fucking record please jake 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 yeah jake put out another record dude please um but no web wing's cool because it's it's definitely i mean it's just a continuation but i think it's more i don't know it's got this like weird like like the song make a dime if you hear that guitar like in the back it sounds like straight off of a sort of like a folk southern type of song it's like it's, it's got this weird like southern influence too almost like door creeks open is a great example of that where it's 
It's kind of got that's that. If you just fucking like hit that note a little higher, that's what it reminds me of. But yeah, so Webwing I've been listening to quite a bit, uh, and then Wage War, who I don't, I'm not a big fan of metalcore, but they just put out the song Manic, and it's like fucking an earworm too that I just checked out. Okay. So again, not something I usually bump. Um, You've been bumping some odd stuff lately, dude. It's, yeah, it's been coming out of left field for me, man. I don't know. I'm, I'm, maybe it's uh, I'm, sh- I'm shedding new skin here. I'm, I'm becoming a new man. I'm just gonna come You're in. With, old, dude. I'm gonna come. <laughs> yeah, dude. I'm gonna come in with fucking suspenders and like a checkerboard button-up fucking glass. Back in my day, <laughs> we had Blink One Ninety Two. I'm just gonna. Bah, 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 bah. I'm just gonna keep screaming that and fucking like. <laughs> yeah, with my horns in the back. I have a bunch of like I have a saxophone, and, like a trumpet, <laughs> a trombone. Yeah. What about you, buddy? That's that's it for I- me. Yeah, I mean, so uh, with work, uh, I've been honestly listening to um, our local radio station here, uh, 93.3 WMR. Everything that rocks. Everything that rocks, bro. Um, And there's just a lot of, like, really bad dad rock that gets replayed on there. But then, like, they started playing Turnstile, which is cool. That Um, glow on, that record, I fucking love that Yeah, it's very very good. So catchy. Um, So it's honestly just been that. Plus, they have this thing going on right now called Money Clips and, like literally like six or seven times a day they they like give you the chance to like text in a keyword and like win five hundred dollars so i'm at work from i'm in my truck from six in the morning till about five four four or five ish and the keywords go off at uh eight ten twelve two four six and eight so there's like quite a bit like every two hours you catch like 75 percent of them then yeah, and like I, I'm like militant with it, and I've been like sending those in because I'm like I want five hundred dollars just so I can fucking I don't know pay oh, yeah. some bills or some, some shit, you know. Speaking of not five hundred dollars, but you know half of that. Uh, if anybody wants an Xbox One, I'm selling it. So and, there we go. Listening, DM us. Yeah, DM us. On DM us your best offers. It's it's in primo condition. Nothing wrong with it. It's just kind of sitting collecting dust, and you know. If I can make a little scratch, I can make a little scratch. So anyway, hey, there we go. That's all I got. Ty guy selling his Xbox One. Yeah. So come. if you guys want it, DM us on Instagram at Tapehead Massacre. And listen, <laughs> I uh, I want to talk about something real quick because it, this came into our light the other day, and that's the fact that we have some extensive listenership uh, from all over, yeah. and I kind of want to acknowledge some of you guys. Um, Listen, we have uh, a lot of you are from the United States, so shout out to our yeah, shout out to the mainland, our Oklahoma, New Hampshire, Massachusetts, District of Columbia, Indiana. Wow! Uh, Like, shout out to all you guys um, in the mainland here. Shout out my Um, flyover states, Indiana. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Let's see. Um, Who else? Texas, Pennsylvania, California, Virginia, Washington, New York, Ohio, North Carolina, Connecticut, Tennessee, Florida, Maryland. Uh, Shout out to all you guys. There's a lot of you guys. Yeah. Um, And then we'll go back here. And then this is where just this this shit gets crazy. Um, And why? uh, Why? why Shout out the UK. I know. I know our people in the UK. Okay. So here we go. So uh, yeah, UK UK is the runner up uh, from the United States right now. So shout out to our England and Scotland listeners. Um, Oh, Iron Brew. That's that. That's that fucking drink of Scotland, man. I I I bought that on Amazon. I bought a fucking tall boy for thirteen dollars. Nice. Great. Tastes like bubble gum. I don't know if that's a hot take. For my my our Scottish listeners, sorry if I just like shit all <laughs> over your your uh, your drink of choice. 
over there, but uh, and also Train Spotting. I love that movie. So shout out Scotland. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Uh, and then shout out to Germany. Uh, Germany, honestly, you, we have a lot of listeners in Germany. This is crazy. Uh, I'm gonna butcher these. These. Yeah, let's do it. Let's hear it. Hesse Bavaria Thuringia. Nice. Uh, Saxony, Lower Saxony, and Hamburg. So thank you to all you guys. Sick. Um, Australia next uh, after Germany, uh, Victoria and Queensland, Australia. So thank you for the listenership. Wow. Uh, South Africa coming in after Australia. So thank you to Western Cape and Guateng. Shout I out! Think that's how you shout out Ernie Els. He was a professional golfer from South Africa. Uh, there you go. That's my right. fun South and African. This was uh, this was our our last one up here. Uh, Isle of Man, dude. That's an alien. Douglas is the is the the location. So Douglas Isle of Man. Thank you. Uh, I think it, I think it's just one person. The, so thank you, Isle of Man, for for checking us out in Isle of Man. Feel- That's crazy. Also, whoever that is, if you follow us on Instagram at uh, Tapehead Massacre, shoot us a message. Like. We'll send you some cool shit. Like, that's nuts. That's serious, yeah. But also, I feel like, and maybe I'm doubting you, Isle of Man listener. I just thought it was one of those things where somebody was, like, searching Apple Podcast or Spotify and was, like, trying to type something in. And they somehow accidentally hit a button on us and hit, like, an episode. And they were like, what the fuck is... I don't even know what they're saying. And then they just left. But somehow we got them on there. (laughs) Yeah, we got the listener somehow. Yeah. I mean, hey, listen. So... Honestly, just message us on our Instagram and be like, "Hey, uh, you shouted me out. I'm from here. Like, yeah, that's be crazy. Cool. That's awesome. Like, other countries, you guys are listening to us. Like, this is insane. Like, it's way crazier than we thought it would ever take off. So, we want to just uh, give our appreciation for that yes. and say thank you. Thank you. And uh, with that being said, um, you know, we're on Spotify, Apple Music. You know, wherever you guys are listening to us right now, we're obviously on there. Uh, but we're also on YouTube. Uh, we are on. Instagram. Uh, I am in the process of making us a, an actual legitimate website. Oh yeah. Um, so it's coming together. And then uh, yeah, if you want to buy some tapes, uh, I'm on Mercari. Uh, if you just look up uh, Tapehead Massacre on Mercari, uh, I'm selling a bunch of tapes on there as well as Tyler. Um, yeah. So we got we got stuff for sale on there. But uh, all that being said, I think it's time for our guest to pop on, and uh, I'm gonna bring him in here now. Oh, I gotta go get a and, water. By uh, the way, my mouth is. My, my throat's like the Sahara Desert, so, you know. That's okay. Yeah, you want to grab me one too, bro? <laughs> yeah, dude, I'll just fucking virtually pew, shoot it through. <laughs> all right, well, here we go. We're going to insert some Jeopardy music here, all right? We'll be right back, guys. All right, well, let's see. It looks like we're loading in here. Dialing in dialing in there we go uh can you hear us sir hey i can hear you can you hear me sure can what's up buddy i'm clear perfect i'm good man i hope you guys are doing well oh thank you likewise buddy yeah yeah all is uh, all is good we are just uh we were just talking about halloween uh kills just before you hopped on and we wanted to wait until you hopped on because we knew that you had seen it earlier this week Oh yeah, yeah. I seen it this uh, this past Tuesday. Uh, I actually was fortunate enough to be invited to an advanced screening. So uh, it was a packed house. I'm um, just full of horror fans, which is always pretty cool. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Well, 
Bobby, first and foremost, I know we haven't had the pleasure of meeting. Pleasure to meet you. Thanks for uh, making our pleasure to meet you, man. Thanks for making our podcast look like a legitimate podcast, even though I think, <laughs> I think sometimes we don't know if that's the truth or not when we start doing these episodes. But we, we appreciate the hell out of it, man. No, I uh, I tried to keep as much information packed in about the film as I could and waiting mm-hmm. waiting for you to come on board. I let some slip out, but I was uh, yeah, I was curious what you thought, um, especially that. How'd you get into the early screen? That's that's awesome, by the way. Yeah, so um, so I'm, I'm working on a documentary, which I'm sure we'll talk about here in a little bit. Uh, but I had went to a convention out here in North Carolina called Mad Monster Party um, about a month ago. Um, we were there all weekend, and we were kind of meeting people and stuff like that. And one of the person people that I met was a girl named Megan Grant, and she works with this uh, company called Get Dead Crew, and they go out and they do like special effects on you know movies and stuff like that. And uh, I become friends with her, added her on Facebook, and then her company got advanced tickets and she wasn't able to go. So wow. she messaged me and said, hey, I know you and your daughter are real big horror fans. Uh, do you want these advanced tickets? And I had to drive like an hour and 15 minutes, you know, to get there. But I mean, it's free tickets, man. I mean, yeah, free. And I, exactly. So I was like, yeah, I definitely want them. So I, I got the hook up on it. It was pretty cool. That's awesome. Nice. That's awesome. That's right. Yeah, we... um. No, I mean, speaking of special effects, I think that was probably the, the strongest point of Halloween kills, in, in my opinion, was the was the actual kills itself, which there you go. A little bit redundant. Rightfully named now. Yeah, right? rightfully named. <laughs> rightfully named. But um, yeah. well, what's cool about that, uh, literally right before I got on, I was looking on Facebook and I saw a news story um, that said that Halloween kills has the highest body count of any horror movie in history. Whoa! What? I think it's thirty-seven kills. I think is what they said it was. Yeah. Well, that ending I think took about half of them. Oh yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> yep. Gonna... That's a good. That's a solid twenty kills for oh, easily. Easily. Holy yeah. Shit. Well, I don't know, Bobby. I'll, I'll you know I'll leave this to you. But my wife, Kate, she had we were watching it last night. So I'm, I'm about I'm about twelve hours removed from the viewing, and I'm a huge mm-hmm. Halloween fan as far as franchises are concerned. It's probably my favorite of the of the horror sure. canon, um, but. I, I I went in watching it probably thinking that the storyline was more so going to be a continue and it, and it was to some degree a continuation of the first but I thought it would be sort of in line of the the story arc of all of the Halloweens well at least the ones we like to to remember um, which it which it wasn't but mm-hmm. but Kate had mentioned that she was like if you watch this as sort of like a campy 1980s slasher she's like I bet you'll like it so I literally just like reshifted my brain when watching it to like a Right. campy sort of comedy infused slasher and I was like oh this is actually this is pretty entertaining it's actually pretty yeah well see that's what ultimately I try to do that with 99% of horror movies <laughs> yeah. uh, because you know I look at it if it, unless it's like an A24 movie yeah like you know A24 movies yeah they try to take it dead serious you totally mess up the the meaning of those kind of movies like Midsommar and Hereditary and stuff sure. if you go in and try to make those campy you can't do that sure. but like slashers and stuff I go into it and if I get some kind of profound meaning out of it and it surprises me cool but yeah I try to go in you know with that campy vibe all the time yeah. um, one thing that I really loved is and I don't know we can talk spoilers here I guess right we're not like this is is this podcast stuff right here <laughs> yeah we can we can do some spoilers that's okay You're, yeah okay. Spoilers are fine. the soundboard for it so everybody knows before okay. we get into it <laughs> alright spoiler alert but uh yeah the 2018 Halloween I wasn't a huge fan of honestly um, and my biggest complaint was was and I remember watching it and literally right after this, uh, the movie went off, I said, I can't stand Laurie Strode in this movie. I feel like she makes everything about her. Yeah. And like, it's like so bad. But then I love that in this one, 
she thinks it's all about her and then they're like oh yeah it's not actually about you at all he doesn't actually even care about you he just wants to go to his house <laughs> that's right and i'm like yes that, i love that like yep. cool it's not about her that's, you know so that that was cool that's why i said i made a joke at, at, right when her, i think it's her and sheriff hawkins are talking when he's like it's not about you i was like oh yeah michael myers is just a violent introvert he's like i just want to go back to my fucking house let me watch outside the window everybody leave me alone because he murders because they even i think lonnie points it out he's like yeah, he, he leaves the hospital, he he does his like killing spree, and then he's back in his house. And I'm like, oh, he's just an introvert. He just wants to be alone. Good old Michael Myers. Just put, put like a chain link fence with some barbed wire around that house and just live it and live a sentence in that house, that's, you know? That's it. That's it. Yeah. Literally have that be the state board. He'll be good to go and we'll solve every every Halloween after that. Though though it'll be there you go. You know Michael Myers. But no, that's that's a very <laughs> that's a very good point. Yeah, she's uh she is all about herself. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Um, and she, and she oh, ends yeah. up just being like really a nobody. Like she's nobody. She was just one of the victims that ha- or one of the people that happened to survive. And she thinks it's about her, which yep. is funny to me. No, that's, yeah. that's a good point. That's a good point. Well, Bobby, that, that's a perfect transition. I think, you know, into kind of what, what we'll get into talking about. But, but my first big question for you is, and, and Caleb and, and I talk about it on many episodes and many people that come on, what got you into horror movies? Was there sort of a first watch that just kind of struck you or is it, did it just kind of compound over time? Yeah. So, um, I started watching horror movies extremely early. Um, so my mom, when she had me, when she got pregnant with me, she was only 16. So she was like extremely young. She wasn't, she didn't really know how to be a parent. You know what I'm saying? So she wasn't the best parent, but I don't think she knew really how to be a parent. So, uh, I kind of could just, watch whatever i wanted you know and uh, i remember my dad bought a vcr i was born in 84 so i'm a little bit older than you guys uh but when i was about i'd say four or five years old stuff like that i was kind of left to myself to just walk around the house and do whatever so underneath the cabinet there was like a bunch of vhs tapes that my dad had bought and um one of them actually surprisingly was halloween it was the media tape of halloween that we had and um, it was just in like a clamshell like it was like i think it was an old rental he bought or something but i used to pop it in all the time and just watch it and uh i didn't i guess at four or five years old i didn't really understand exactly what was going on but i I thought it was cool you know like i was like wow this is neat i shouldn't be watching this but i am you know um so i watched that my dad was really big into elvira um, so it would actually come on syndicated when I was a kid, uh, movie macabre when I was like four or five years old and my dad would watch it. He was a big fan of Elvira. So we would stay up and watch those. Uh, my dad even had the old, uh, Coors Light Elvira standee in his workshop. Oh, so so I always thought that was cool. Yeah. yeah. So he wasn't really big into horror, but he was into Elvira for multiple reasons that aren't related to horror. You know? <laughs> makes total sense. Makes total sense. Yep. <laughs> exactly. So, uh, so he would stay up to watch movie macabre i would watch it for the movies at that age and he would watch it for elvira but um so that was that was a big introduction to horror um and then when i was my uncle used to spend the night with my mom they were real close and they would watch scary movies and certain ones they'd let me watch but then certain ones they'd be like no you need to go to go to your room uh, or go to bed you know and one of them i specifically remember i was five years old i lived in lancaster south carolina and uh they rented night of the demons and I remember being at the wow. video store with them and I seen that cover and I was like, I have to figure out a way to see this movie. Yeah. But my mom was yeah. like, you can't watch this. So I pretended to go to my room. I'm, you guys can't see me, but I'm putting air quotes. Yeah. I pretended to go to my room <laughs> and uh, I snuck back in the couch that we had. It was a really weird couch. It had like um, 
wooden legs on it that lifted it kind of up off the ground. Oh, yeah. Probably about half a foot, a foot off the ground. And they were sitting on it. I snuck behind the couch, and I was little enough that I could get under the couch. And wow. I watched the entirety of Night of the Demons while hiding under the couch. <laughs> that's yeah, and, uh, nice. That's awesome. Yeah, it, it was such, like, like I tell a lot of people that was like a really pivotal pivotal moment in my uh, my love for horror. Um, you know, and then when my mom found out I was on the couch, luckily it was at the end of the movie. Uh, but she was kind of like, well, I guess just watch whatever you want. So I would go to the video store and uh, I was drawn to these like really gory horror covers that people love now, like Cannibal Camp Out, 555, sure. stuff like that. Um, and I specifically remember renting Cannibal Camp Out when I was eight years old. And watching it and stuff because my mom would be like, pick out a movie. I'm going tanning next door at the tanning salon. So I just nice. put whatever I wanted up there and I'd be in my room with my little 13 inch TV yeah. watching Cannibal Camp Out and stuff at eight years old. Wow. But, um, nice. Wow. Yeah so, yeah. so you were, you weren't lying. You were introduced and not just introduced to like, oh, yeah. you know, I mean, think of your least gory f- i mean you're you were getting into it you were deep in it at eight oh, years yeah. old yeah yeah that's awesome I, I, I mean in all honesty probably about seven years old i had watched all the mainstream stuff like the the friday 13th the nightmare and Street and stuff and i was like yo this cannibal campout movie has a guy eating a girl's guts out outside a campfire like i want to see this you know <laughs> yeah 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 sure. you got up the bar at that sure. point yeah exactly but you you hit on a cool note too and, and i know caleb you, you started watching i i've went through it a couple times but as the in search of darkness documentaries mm-hmm. and they, i think they even hit a point where they talk about vhs covers and part of a lot of what horror movies were was the marketing scheme and the branding that they put behind their films and what they actually put on the shelves because that's yeah. what that's what jumped out to people right was more so the color oh, yeah. than anything you know and yeah that's uh that's a huge part of it huge part of it um and i know bobby with with your documentary the the mom and pop um vhs uh story documentary i um you know I, i'm curious kind of a surface level question here but speaking of sure. going to vhs stores caleb and i talk about it quite a bit was did you have a vhs routine right so we had our we had our snack selections we had the area in which we would go to in the vhs stores i'm curious if you had yourself a routine back in the yeah. day going to vhs yeah absolutely um so i i still love video games to this day i play a lot of video games i did when i was oh, a yeah. kid it was always a routine i would get a horror movie or a couple, you know, especially if it was like the five for five days for $5 kind of thing, <laughs> yeah. you know, I would go and I'd grab like a stack of tapes, horror tapes, primarily com- completely horror tapes. Um, and then I'd go get like a Nintendo 64 game or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. And um, so I would come in, I'd usually go straight to the video game section because that was kind of like the one that like they have one copy of and it was fairly new and all the kids wanted it. So I'd be like, I'll grab that first because then when I go to the horror section, I want to see these old cheap horror movies and they're always in. I don't oh, have to yeah. worry about yeah. that. Yeah. Nobody's written Demon Queen from Donald Farmer, you know, at 10 years old, <laughs> right. except for me. But, uh, <laughs> right. Right. you know, but uh, so I would go and I'd grab a, I'd grab a Nintendo 64 game, you know, like, especially like, like when Mortal Kombat 4 came out on Nintendo 64, like I was like hype about that, you know? Sure. So I remember banger. grabbing that. Yeah. And, and like, it's funny because my wife tells me I'm like the most nostalgic person she's ever met because I literally remember these weird nostalgic moments. Like I remember calling ahead to the video store called mega video. That was about 15 minutes from my house, asking them if they got mortal Kombat four for Nintendo 64. And they said, yeah, we got it today. I was like, can you hold it? You know, that was back when you could call ahead and get them to hold a tape for you for sure. 30 minutes or whatever. <laughs> yeah. So, um, 
I got there and I rented Mortal Kombat 4 on Nintendo 64. Then I went over it and me and my friend, my friend was spending the night that night. And uh, if you guys remember the movie Elves with Dan Haggerty. In oh, it. Yeah. Okay. So I hadn't seen that yet. And I seen it on the cover and we looked at that elf on the front. And this kind of ties into your cover too. Um, we saw that elf on the front and then looked on the back and saw that elf puppet. Yeah. And like, it was just at, a, at the time it was so scary to us. Like the look of that, that cover. Yeah. And um, so we rented that. Um, so, you know, I went my routine of going in, grabbing a game, grabbing a movie. Um, and, and it's funny, you you kind of tie it in with snacks, or I do. Yeah. I always remember the snacks that I got. You know, <laughs> it would be popcorn. Yeah. And then my mom loved uh, that candy Whoppers. If you remember uh, Whoppers. Uh, so people shit, yeah. people shit on Whoppers, and I'm, I love Whoppers. I'm a big Whoppers I, mean, I, I grew up man on them yeah <laughs> I, whoppers are good but i don't think so here's the thing so whoppers for me i like malt so like getting like a malt milkshake that's the move and yeah you got whoppers see what i would do is, is i would never just take the whoppers and just eat them out the box because i just like it was it was a texture thing for me i don't know i they taste sure. good but it was just like that crunchy shit so what i would do i was i would just always put it in my ice cream and then like that's not a bad call. Just made it's it, not. it just made it better. Yeah. So, and then I would I would have my malt milkshake. Yeah. You know, it just always. Worked. I used to eat them out of the. I would I would get in trouble because they'd have the big. You remember the big cartons, like the actual, like almost like yeah. old milk. Oh cartons. yeah. But I would like yep. I would lip it to death because I would just pour them back <laughs> and it would be all like soggy and my dad would get yeah, so yep. pissed at me about that. But <laughs> never forget. Yeah. But you're right though. It's it, it is it's, nostalgia is such a it's such a huge huge thing. And in, in, in our oh, lives, yeah, well, for sure, well, you know. Um, absolutely. And I, I don't know about you guys or, or other people that are in nostalgia, but I've talked to people about this before. And um, I think with me, what it is, especially is like I'm an adult now. I have kids. I have bills. I have a job. Right. You know, I, I like to look back at those moments that because I was very fortunate, man. I had a great childhood. You know, I was able to on a Friday night, have a friend spend the night, go get some pizza, right. go rent a stack of movies, stay up as late as we can. And like. That was like pivotal, pivotal moments in my life that I love. And I, I guess my way of like looking back at mom and pop stores on the documentary, collecting tapes, stuff like that is my way of like recapturing that like blast oh, yeah. that I had. You sure, know? sure. Well, that's and that was actually you just took my question right out of my mouth was exactly was that, you know, was it sort of a way to kind of recapture things from from your youth? And it kind of is, you know, I, I love and, and, and I'm sure it's almost like for you and, and Bobby, I'll, I'll let you speak on that. But I'm imagining it was probably just like sitting in like a, a former conversation as much as it was actually filming a documentary because you could point to things and go, Oh, you did this. I loved this. You know, I'm sure there was oh, yeah. so many things that connected, uh, but I would love yeah. to talk more about that. Sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And honestly, yeah, you, you hit the nail on the head with that. Like a lot of times I'd be sitting there, um, right. You know, we'd have the camera and the whole setup with the microphones and the lavalier mics and stuff. I'd have my headphones on so I could, kind of hear them through the microphone and we would just be having a conversation and they would bring up something that, like I forgot about when I was a kid and like all these memories would flood in and I'd like have to stop myself from talking over them because I would be like, Oh, I'm excited. I forgot about this. <laughs> so, you know? Yeah. Um, so, and that happened a lot because what's crazy is despite your age, despite when you grew up, despite what video stores or what part of the country you went to, there's these underlying like threads yeah. that we all kind of connected on and we didn't even know that we were sharing these same memories. Um, you know, like the first time you went in and you seen this tape on the shelf, like a lot of us had that same memory, but we didn't even know, you know? Right. And um, yeah. And, and that's something that we really strived for in this documentary um, was to, to, to recapture that because like, I'm telling you, if you're anything like me, especially with like 
the nostalgia and the VHS and the video stores and stuff, you're going to be hearing some of these stories and those memories are going to click in your head and you're going to be like, oh my God. And like, I, it's almost emotional at times, you know, because like sure. you start to think as a greater whole, you're like, oh, I remember that video store, co- that video store or that cover. Yeah. And then you start like for me anyway, start thinking about. I think about my dad. Oh, I remember my dad was doing this, you know? Right. And then you're like, you start thinking about your family and, and how it impacts your life. It's insane how those memories can do that. Uh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, and that's, I think it's funny, like VHS stores, I, I always attribute it to something like, like music, right? It's, you can kind of, mm-hmm. you can connect it to the whole, the familial whole sometimes, because when I, when I think about VHS stores, I think about myself, my mom and my sister, Bobby, kind of like you grew up, they, they just kind of let me loose. They just kind of shot me mm-hmm. out of the can and they were like, just figure it out, man. Whatever you're into, you're into. And uh, <laughs> I remember it was, I think it was mostly Blockbuster. I, I don't even truly, I think what's strange in Caleb, you, you actually have a different well, side of things too well, with that. We didn't have, we didn't have uh, any other, uh, we, didn't, we actually didn't have any, my uncle's um, video store was the last mom and pop store yeah. in our area for like miles yeah. well. and he shut down uh, the year before I was born and uh, the only thing that we had was the blockbuster blockbusters that were nearby us um, yeah. and like that was you know that was what we pretty much grew up on was blockbuster I mean I much would have I see I, I got all these pictures and prints and stuff from my uncle and he showed me like you know how the store was and all this cool shit and then like hearing like memories from everybody else and I'm like, damn, I kind of wish that I was brought up with that as opposed to Blockbuster, where it was like some shitty teenager behind the ca- like the counter that like wanted no interaction with anybody. Oh, you yeah. know, we're like, you know, yeah. y- you see all like in films and stuff. And like, you know, so many people have recollections of memories when they were younger of like shooting the shit with the fucking the clerk and, you know, like talking tapes and like, you yeah. know, talking movies and especially video games, because that's a big one for me, too. I remember going in and trying to find like the the craziest like n64 like playstation game yeah. like that they had on the shelf well you funny know? enough oh yeah and, uh, i have an old ps2 game from caleb from i mean years because we've been friends since god pre-k and there's an actual <laughs> blockbuster ps2 rental that i when i was sifting through my parents stuff a, a couple uh, you know a couple months back i actually found it and i still i gotta i gotta put it in my car somewhere lodge i have like a sanford and son vehicle where it's just things are just piled in so i just kind of <laughs> sit through it to find it but you know but bobby i'm curious how much travel did you do for the documentary was it mostly regional? oh man yeah. um no no so we we started out and what we were going to do was regional okay. and then i started getting all these messages um talking about like oh man i hope i wish you guys come out here i've got this amazing story i've got this amazing location and i'm like all right, cool. Like we need to travel for this, but I'm not made of money, so I can't afford all this. So we did the Indiegogo and I thought at the time I had come up with the right amount of money. I was like, Oh, this is plenty. Obviously it's like anything else you plan for something and then it's not near enough money, but we, we able to work it out with putting in our own money and stuff. But, um, yeah, we traveled, we were going to do it regionally at first. And then we decided we were going to do like a road trip in our car. And then uh, it ended up being just over 3,000 miles we drove in a week. We wow. were in a different state every single day. Like We would basically get to the location, talk to the person, interview, film, drive to the next location, sleep for a few hours, you know, for a whole week. Um, and we let, I live in North Carolina, so we left from North Carolina. We went through Virginia, Pennsylvania, all the way up to Portland, Maine. Wow. Went from Portland, Maine to, yeah, it was crazy, uh, Chicago, 
Pittsburgh, uh, Kentucky, and Tennessee, kind of like in a, a big circle right there. Um, got a ton of footage that way. Um, so a little over 3,000 miles and about seven or eight days of travel. Wow. And then we flew to L.A. because obviously we weren't going to drive that. No. Uh, but yeah. we flew out to L.A. And we stayed in L.A. for a week and um, got with some really cool people like Brad Sykes, who did uh, Camp Blood. Um, we wow. went out there and talked to AJ Dana, who, if you guys remember the pop-up uh, slashback video thing with the killer, he had like yeah. the big tape head. Yep. He played tape head. And um, it's a funny, like alternative you know, style here with him. He played tape head at slashback video. And then he's also known for the Disney show bunked. He's in that show as well. <laughs> oh, <wow>. Yeah. So <laughs> it's like, what a you know, opposite. Yeah. So uh, we got with him. Um, Got with Adam Protectstore, who's a big guy in like the uh, the VHS community. He's like a, as a rapper, he has a lot of knowledge. Um, we went and hung out with him for a while, um, and his partner, who was in uh, what's the name of that movie, uh, Scare Package. Okay. She was one of the actresses oh, in yeah. Scare Package, and is real big in the VHS. So, yeah. talked to a lot of cool people out there. Flew back after a week. Um, then my camera guy. He does some stuff at a haunt through October, so we kind of like had to take some time off so he could do that. Um, we sure. start back filming. We're doing all our regional stuff that's locally um, starting on November 6th, which is going to be fun because we're actually going to where I used to rent my tapes at. Ah, so it's nice. not it's like it's like a convenience store that isn't even owned by the same people or anything anymore. But we got what's cool is that that store I rented from a place called Cat Square Superette. And it was a little gas station on the corner of a, um, a crossroads. The only like crossroads in my whole little town. Yeah. And um, it was called Cat Square because in the middle, there were so many stray cats. Cats would congregate in the middle of the town square. <laughs> and then cars would come and have to honk the horn for them to get out of the way. Wow. Um, so they just named it Cat Square. And they literally painted a square in the middle with a cat in the middle because it's like no. southern towns, man. Yeah. yeah. So anyway, it was, it was a gas station literally a quarter of a mile from my house so I could ride my bike down there um, and nice. get like some candy and a soda and then they rented some tapes there as well um, and you know I had a lot of great memories there I rented a lot of good stuff there um, but everybody in that community did as well yeah. so I reached out and I found all these people from that community that either still live there or used to live there they're all coming back and we're all nice. gonna kind of do like a round table discussion literally set up at the corner of the crossroads in front of where the store used to be wow. and um yeah so it's gonna be it's gonna be like a huge wave of nostalgia memories there so we're gonna do that and then we got some other regional stuff but that's one that is my story so i'm like really really excited about that so a lot of i, I know i went that, way that, off the subject there but uh no, ton no, of no. travel that, that that's absolutely fine no. that's fucking awesome that's, so cool. and and i was gonna say too and i, and I don't want to give too much of it away obviously because you know sure. we save the information but I'm, I'm curious because of the amount of travel you did did you and you kind of mentioned it already in terms of common threads in terms of what you and the others you spoke with sort of the commonalities that you had with, with VHS tours. But I'm curious from a, like a, like a, like a, like a career arc perspective from opening to closure of these stores, were, were there common themes mm -hmm. that jumped out to you? after you were doing this Yeah, time? there was, yeah, there was for sure. You, you had the, um, the commonality of you'd hear, Oh, it was streaming. Um, yep. Then you'd hear other people that said blockbuster came in and, bought all the land in the area that their rental stores were on and bought their buildings and then literally raised their rent so high they had to shut down. Wow. Um, so I heard Jesus. that. Yeah, I heard that. Um, then I also heard that in towns where Blockbuster wasn't able to do that, they would contact the distributors 
and say, you know, we're a huge corporation. If you sell to these rental stores, then we're not buying from you anymore. So obviously they're like, we got to have Blockbuster. Right. So they would stop selling at wholesale prices to these small mom and pop video stores, which caused them to have to pay the full price. Uh, And they would only be able to buy like one, you know, and like, yeah, it just, they, they couldn't, they couldn't do it. Um, And that's when you saw a lot of uh, tanning salons pop up and rent tapes. They would have to do something else to bring in income. Uh, because they they weren't making it from the tapes and uh, right. you know convenience stores with tapes and stuff. At one point, it was a great way to bring income, but then it got to the point where it's like they just couldn't sustain it. Wow! So that's interesting, and that's that's kind of not what I had thought. I would I would have thought that surely, yes, Blockbuster Blockbuster became almost like the mall of VHS stores, where it just sort of mm-hmm. undercut the prices of mom and pop retailers, but I never knew it was that seedy almost. Oh yeah. Yeah. And, and I mean, Blockbuster did do that. They were able to buy from distribution companies at a much lower rate. So they could have a hundred copies guaranteed in stock. They could afford to do that. Right. Um, So, you know, if you're the average movie goer, it just makes sense to go to Blockbuster and rent your movie because you don't have to like call ahead. Is it in blah, blah. Now for people like us who like some of the stuff, like, like I mentioned before, cannibal camp out five, five, five lunch meat. Right. Those movies were never in Blockbuster. No, 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 so, you know, like us, we like mom and pops because of that. We had that selection to choose from. Um, I know I didn't have a Blockbuster in my town. I lived in a very small Southern town. It was 50 minutes to the closest blockbuster the only thing i knew of blockbuster was i'd watch some vhs tapes and you know they'd have that old school make it a blockbuster night commercial sometimes i'd be like what the hell is blockbuster and then like (laughs) i spent the night at my buddy's house and he's like hey we're going to blockbuster tonight." i was like oh man i've been i heard about this place it's gonna be awesome right so i go and i remember going to their horror section i was like what like where's you know (laughs) yeah yeah i'm confused like right Right. You know, what's going on here? Yeah. You know, they have, I remember looking at the wall and they had 200 copies of Last Action Hero, but they didn't have like <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street Part 6, Freddy's Dead. And I'm like, right. what the heck is going on? You know, That's maybe I don't of, like Blockbuster. Right. <laughs> it's a familiar theme with uh, with at least our local Blockbuster that we had, uh, both of them actually, both Pennsville and Bridgeton, yeah. uh, because they didn't stock like older tapes. It was basically like uh, they're. I'm speaking hard section specifically because they would have, um, you know, whatever blockbuster. Uh, well, you know, uh, uh, larger film that was out at the time. You know, that mm-hmm. would be the staple. Would have a banner and a whole promotional, you know, section for that. But then it would be like these like B movies, and then there was like really like a small section for like um, I forget what they called it. It wasn't like vintage, but it was like in the same vein of like a vintage horror category and there might have been like 10 tapes to choose from and they never rotated so it was like i never got to at at least when i was renting tapes and like you know films at a young age i was never able to get my hands on like oldies it was more or less like you know if a friend of mine had it or if a family member had tapes like stashed away somewhere like i could find like I remember watching Motel Hell like really young because my <laughs> grandma owned it. But uh yeah. you know, in terms of like, you know, Blockbuster, you're absolutely right. Like they didn't stock like any um like hard to finds or like stuff like the mom and pops. Cause I remember there was a um uh I forget what the place was called. Um but there was a place in 
Delaware that I went to like maybe four or five times. And uh, like they had like a huge horror section. And it was my, 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 my dad's buddy like knew about it. My dad and I were the ones that would always go to the, the blockbuster and shit. And he was like, this place has a whole mm-hmm. store based around horror. And that's what my dad and I were interested in. So that's why we went there. And like, I remember we bought a bunch of stuff from there the one time and they had a huge selection, but you know, it took us an hour and a half to get there. So it was like, you know, or at least as a kid, maybe it was that long. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Right. You know, but still like we never went back. It's just like so far, but uh, yeah, it's, I, I Blockbuster sucked for that, you know, yeah. like, oh, it was, it yeah. was, like they didn't have the good stuff. Yeah, you, and one thing I, I did want to, I'm sorry, I didn't interrupt you, Tyler. No, no, no. Um, one thing I did want to say is like, I buy, I, t- I say this a lot on the road trip. I by no means want to bash Blockbuster um, because even though they did do some CD stuff and they're known as like the big conglomerate that put the little guys out, maybe they did. But honestly, like they, they went for a market. Their market was mainstream family, you know, stuff like that. And I get it. You know, I get that. Um, and I mean, a lot of people went to Blockbuster. A lot of like very big horror fans, horror directors found their horror niche or whatever going to blockbuster so i mean they did have that and they did sure. provide that for a lot of people so by no means it's not my style but i don't i don't bash them or put them down by any means yeah sure. and it just sucks because i feel like you know i would have much rather had the experience that you had versus you know i'm not saying that our experience was bad right you <laughs> know i loved blockbuster you know that because but that that's the thing it was all i knew right so like you know i didn't get to have those like more like you know um I don't want to use the word like uh, intimate, but more or less like you just had like, you know, you had more of an experience at like a mom and pop shop because they actually gave a fuck and hearing stories, you know, from my uncle about his store and stuff. Mm -hmm. It was like, I mean, you know, talk about small towns. The town that Tyler and I grew up in was very, very small and might have a population of like 500 at max. Yeah. (laughs) So like, you know, like that he like ran that town in town in terms of like, you know, he provided you know, like what those people were going to see. And to that that point too, Bobby, I think you hit on probably a a big, or I guess the words commonality on this, on this episode today is (laughs) the word of the, of the episode. But uh, I mean, it's, it's kind of the same thought process to, you know, if you were to go to a fast food chain versus a mom and pop restaurant or a mom and pop deli, there's just, there's a level of intimacy there that Mm -hmm. often is missed with a blockbuster, which is not to say that that's a bad thing, but to your point, they're really pushing for a more mainstream focus, right? What's what's charting, what people are interested in, much more familial environment in terms of what families want to go watch. But there is that level of intimacy that I'm sure on the road you found with mom and pop stores that they could, they knew your name, they knew your family, they knew your brother, mother, father, sister, uh, but they also knew, hey, I know you came in here last time and you got this. Well, this is what we got in the mm-hmm. back here. Go check. So there's a there's a level of comfort there that I think was certainly missing with a blockbuster who might have, you know, the, the a kid who's not interested in what you're doing, or they might have like six or seven this employees. Paycheck, but... Yeah, this is just a paycheck, yeah. right? Whereas there's a yeah. lot more blood, sweat, and tears often put into the mom and pop stores that I'm sure. And your and your stories, right? I'm I'm sure you found quite a bit of, uh, you know, traveling uh, for the documentary. But I think that's I think that's where the mom and pop differed. And certainly, there's a there's a part of that that's you, you kind of miss, but you can also reflect on it with your own family and your own stories too. Mm-hmm. So I I think that's where, and I'm sure Bobby, you can explain that much better than I could. But in you know, <laughs> right? Um, no, it makes sense. I get it. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> Do you see a resurgence? 
uh, because obviously in the horror community there is a lot of people that uh, collect tapes and buy f- and, and, and not even just tapes in general physical media mm-hmm. uh, so having a, like a because Tyler and I were floating around the idea a couple years ago about opening up um, like a video store uh, around this area yeah and uh, you know it's still a possibility but you know what do you think in terms of like a resurgence of like something like that coming back where like obviously streaming is the uh the kingpin at this point yep i think so honestly i i do think there there's already a resurgence and it's going to get bigger um i think we've seen that with the resurgence of vinyl several years back sure. vinyl's massive right now uh people oh, yeah. there there is that market of people that will buy a vinyl and never even play it just because they're like sure. oh i got a vinyl or those people that say i love vinyl it sounds better um but then you got those people that are like i don't get it i'm still gonna listen to spotify or whatever you're always gonna have that but now more people are remembering their childhood um you see that in the toy collector groups people that couldn't afford certain toys when they were a kid are now spending big bucks to get this um so i think there's going to be a resurgence of that um i also think that there we are probably going to see video stores come back to an extent but i think it's going to be more like art installation type things such as like slashback video was in LA where they would set yeah like little pop-ups maybe they don't even sell the tapes or rent like they probably won't even rent the tapes because it's just not doesn't make sense from a money standpoint to rent tapes anymore with people not bringing them back but like have them for sale or have it like you walk in and it looks like a video store but the tapes aren't for sale but they've got other things that are for sale like retro shirts pins stuff like that yeah um yeah you know and it's more like a i hate to use this term but more like a clout thing people will come in and take photos for instagram like yeah. oh i'm in the old video store look at me in front of these tapes and stuff like that yeah. and that's totally cool because you're gonna get you're gonna get that you know i think i think they're gonna come back like that especially after going to la and seeing slashback video they don't they didn't like rent the tapes, but it looked like a video store in there and you could buy shirts and replicas and stuff like that. Um, because with how much tapes are right now, like it's insane. Like (laughs) it would make no sense to rent this tape. Enough. We were just talking about like the, uh, the inflation of tape pricing, uh, before you had hopped on. And, Mm -hmm. uh, it's just crazy. Cause I can, I was talking about, uh, at this point, like the only thing that I'm dying to have. And like, I would, really just love to have in the collection um is a texas chainsaw wizard video copy sure and no. uh, there's there's two copies available for sale right now uh one's a naked tape for six it's seven hundred dollars and then there's a graded uh sealed uh <laughs> copy for three hundred and twenty five thousand dollars it's crazy because like as much as like us as tape collectors and and stuff and i've been collecting tape since 19 well when I was a kid, but hardcore since I was 19, since 1998, I was 14 years old. And uh, my dad helped me build shelves that were floor to ceiling wow. and like all around my room. And I would have tapes and I would literally alphabetize them and everything. Um, so that was a great time to get tapes because they were super duper cheap, you know, 50 cents. Yeah, stuff. Right. Um, but, you know, now they're they're obviously more expensive. Um, and like what I'm getting to is us as tape collectors that want to buy these and have these tapes. They're so expensive now and that sucks for us. But on the flip side, these people that are charging this high amount and these people that are paying that high amount are in a way bringing back that resurgence. Like, no, I agree. Right. You know, like, because they see, they don't see it as I love it. Uh, they see it as money. 
and people, more people are entering that community because they're like, oh, I can make money doing this, which on the flip side, it sucks for us because we have to pay that amount. On the other side, it's bringing it back. So, I mean, I kind of see good and bad. I, okay, and I and I, I think that's a really that's a really cool way to look at that. And uh, and another thing too that like to add on to that point is the fact is is if you have more people entering it, you might have more people that could, you know, be dusting off boxes in their grandpa's attic, find mm-hmm. all these fucking banger tapes, you know. So exactly, one hundred percent people to get into the community. So yeah, I mean, hey, you know, more more power to them, I guess. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, I, I can get down with that. It makes me feel a little bit better here. And it's like that. <laughs> of course, cool, of course. Cool. Well, it's more eyes on the hobby, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, for Absolutely. sure. For sure. Well, and then, and Bobby, I had another question for you as well. Um, you know, I know in, in viewing your Instagram, you're uh, an actor on the uh, Shark Exorcist 2 film. One of the quick questions I had for you there, in comparison to acting and directing, right? You know, mm-hmm. how, how does that difference come into play? Do you feel, do you, do you enjoy more of the creative control or do you prefer kind of the, the guidance at hand with acting? You know, I, I've got pros and cons on each and I'll kind of explain them. So the, if you're like the director and you're in charge, you, if you see something not working or something you don't like, yeah. you can, you can stop it. You can change it, you know, um, on the flip side, however, if you're an actor and you're working for someone else, for example, Shark Exorcist, um, if I do something and I'm like, ah, I personally didn't like the way that felt or I didn't like how I did this. If you say that and then that person is like, no, I think it looks fine. Yeah. That's it. Like, you know, not <laughs> right. saying Donald yeah. did that with me or anything, but just as an example. Um, but on the flip side, one of the pros of that is you've got a lot less pressure, man. You just come out there and do something. <laughs> And you're done. Like, you know, as a director, um, you know, you tell this person to act a certain way and they do it, say they do it absolutely perfect. Cool. Their job's done. They have no more pressure. At this point, then you have the whole rest of the movie to do. You've got to make sure continuity. You've still got to edit. Like, there's still... So, I mean, it's good and bad. You know, you lose that creative control, which I I really do like, um, but it's far less pressure. Um, But they're both fun in their own aspects. Yeah. No, that makes... That makes yeah, yeah, that yeah. makes perfect sense, absolutely. And I, Caleb, I know you had a you had a couple questions on that note too with the uh, with, with Shark Exorcist. I'll let you I'll let you roll on that. Well, dude, how was it working with fucking Donald Farmer, dude? That's insane. That like that's like you know he's got a he's got quite the uh, reputation behind him and, and quite the filmography. So uh, you know how was that a whole experience? Oh man, it was amazing. So I'd say about about ten years ago. Well, I guess it's twenty twenty two almost. In two thousand ten, I joined Facebook, and. Um, one of the first things I did because I was like a tape collector and movie collector back then was I would be like, Hey, I wonder if Tim Ritter's on Facebook or I wonder if Marcus Kosh is on Facebook or Donald Farmer or whatever. And I'd look them up and be like, Oh, they've got a profile. They're like a real person that I can contact and be like, Hey, I liked your movies, you know? So I added them. So I've been friends with them online and, and friendly with them online for a while. And, um, I saw that he was, you know, getting ready to do shark exorcist too. And uh, I was, I'm just a big fan of Donald Farmer. He literally, like I said earlier, I rented Demon Queen. I rented Cannibal Hookers, stuff like that. Like he yeah. is a pivotal, a pivotal reason why I'm into this stuff. Um, I'm doing my documentary in part because of this guy, you know, like I wouldn't be where I'm at today without Donald Farmer and Tim Ritter and these people. And um, he was getting ready to do Shark Extras too. And I hit him up and I said, man, I will do anything. Like I'll hold a boom mic. I'll hold a lie. I'll tr- you know, transfer people to your set. I want to work with you because you are an important part of who I am today, you know? 
And he's like, I'd love to have you. Absolutely. I'll find something for you to do. He's like, I was like, cool. I said, you know, I'll, I, I don't, I'm not like the best actor, but I can do some acting too. He goes, you want to get killed by a shark? And I was like, or I'm sorry, a nun. You want to get killed by a demon nun? I was like, uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> yeah. You know, sign me up. So, um, yeah. So it was like, I had to drive like five hours. I literally drove five hours, did my scene and then drove five hours back. Wow. Nice. Um, yeah. Like it That's was amazing. wild. But, um, but working with him, man, he is such a friendly guy. Um, he is like, there's different kind of directors that I've met. Like there's the director that 100% takes your input and, you know, how do you think this should be? You know? And then there's the director that's like, this is how I wrote it in the script. Do it exactly like this. I don't want to see any kind. Donald is like, let's get everybody's ideas. Let's let everybody do their own thing. And let's make this a complete original custom you know, make it, make it feel right. You know? That's cool. And, um, yeah. And I mean, such a nice guy, like, because me, I was kind of geeking out when I met him. Cause like I said, he's like, for me anyway, he's like a cel- hard celebrity to me, you know? And yeah, he just like immediately was like, I'm just me. Like we're good. <laughs> you know? So like <laughs> gr- great dude, great dude. Um, yeah. anybody in the entire world that has the opportunity to work with him, like should do it because it's great. It's, it's, he's just a great guy. Yeah. That's awesome. And I'm sure too, in talking about like getting everybody's ideas and let's make this original Mm -hmm. film. It does have to take some of the pressure off too. I I have to imagine. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Well, like a lot of times, like I'm not like a huge actor or anything like that. I've acted a ton, but like I'll read a script and I like, I like where this is going, but me personally, those words, or the way they said that doesn't sound like something I would say. So can I flip it and maybe say it like this? Right. And uh, so it feels more natural when I say it. Um, because like me, I'm somebody that I don't cuss a lot, for example. Yeah. But if I read a script and there's like a ton of cussing, like it feels weird and forced if I do it. Yeah. And uh, I'm like, you know, some people will be like, yeah, say it how you think you should say it and we'll see how it looks. And then there's some people like, no. I need the character to act like this. And I'm not that good of a character. I'm not that good of an actor. You know what I'm saying? Like, right, right, right. I, needed to, I needed to be a little bit comfortable. So. Sure, sure. Well, you're, you're, a southern, you're a Southern gentleman, Bobby. What can we say? Yeah, okay. <laughs> I try. Well, and that's also to kind of jump back here a second with the, with the documentary. Did you notice anything between, and you know, maybe this is just me coming from the East Coast where clearly it's every, every other word out of our mouths is fuck. Um, but <laughs> I'm curious, did, was there any differences between VH store, VHS stores in the South and, and kind of how they, they grew and closed versus the West Coast or even Northeast? Or was it all kind of the, there was, was there really a lot of some threads? There, there's a lot of the same threads. However, with the functionality and how they worked, they were like ridiculously dramatically different. So what I'm used to, small southern town, it was convenience stores, little gas stations, um, like like little grocery stores that, that rented these tapes. Um, but then when I would go up north, I found, and even on the west coast too, I found a lot of them were, you know, fairly large, you know, set, you know, standalone brick and mortar style stores and i'm like wow i had to rent a lot of my tapes from cat square superette for example you know like right. a guy cutting meat right beside the tapes you know like, yeah yeah um it, it's a very very southern thing and even the selection of tapes were like dramatically different so like i would go into cat square superette for example and they would have and I don't know why. To this day, I don't know why. But they had like the Howling movies were very prominent there. Um, and then they would have like Faces of Death was like on the front wall for some reason, like where it would be hidden <laughs> other places, you know? Yeah. Sure. Um, 
and then I would go other places and they really put like the high budget stuff like Van Damme like replicant and stuff like that right like up front and like I guess my gas station they just put weird horror there like and I don't know what if there I don't there might not even been a reason behind it man I just put it on the shelf you know but it was just so weird to me that that was the prominently displayed stuff yeah um and and the style of rental um and what I mean by that is down here in the south a lot of the video stores we went to the shelves were not metal shelves they were wooden shelves that the owner built um and cat square superette and a few other uh video stores they would underneath each tape they would get a hammer and a nail and they would hammer it in so much so the nail sticking out a little bit and they'd have that little circle hang tag yeah with a number on it and you would go and you would pull it off the nail and take that hang tag to them and uh, they would have like clear clamshells behind the the store register, and they would match up the number, and then you know give you the tape, wow. and uh, keep the tag until it was returned. And they would write, it, like I know people stole tapes for this place because there was no computer system. <laughs> they would be like, "Oh, you're renting this? Okay, what's your name?" They'd write it on, you know, when you go to like a diner, that little yeah. paper they write your order. In? It was that. They write wow. your name, and they'd be like, "Write your phone number down." All right, bring it back in two days or we're going to call you. Wow. I mean, you can just write a fake number down. You didn't have to give any idea or anything. Yeah. But then when they when somebody brought it back, they would flip through that book and find their name. Be like, okay, cool. You're not late or you're late. You owe me a dollar or something. Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. I never. It's a lot of that work. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of work. I, I, ultimately, I don't think they even cared. <laughs> like, <laughs> right, if it didn't come back, they probably didn't even realize. Right, like, right. You know what I'm saying? So, well, and that's funny. But, uh, it's, sorry to cut you off there, Bobby. Um, no, you're fine. I was going to say, too, you know, especially with the, the films, we get like 555 and, and, and things of that nature, especially mm-hmm. in the South versus, you know, where you were mentioning there was the howling, there was more mainstream videos. I mm-hmm. wonder if it was sort of the necessity of economy, too, right? I, I can't imagine those films were super expensive versus the mainstream no, film no. that came out, too. So um, what's funny is a good, a good side note that I picked up over the documentary that I found out about. Um, there was a video store uh, near my house. It's a town called Lincoln. It's about 15 minutes away. Uh, there was a video store called Village Video. It was the one that had the tanning salon that I was talking about with okay. my mom. Yeah. Um, okay. I would go in, and I remember the first day I went in, my mom was over there tanning, and I go to the horror section. It's very small, yeah. like 12 tapes. And I'm like, this is weird. Like, this is a pretty big store, and they got 12 tapes. So I see the little beaded curtain and, you know, the adult section. Yeah. So <laughs> I'm like eight or nine years old and my mom's tanning. So I'm like, I want to pop my head in there. So I pop my head in and I realized that not only was the adult films in there, the really gory cover horror movies they put in there so that somebody just some kid didn't just walk by and see them. Right. So I was like, oh, my God, I got to go in here without being seen. You know, when you're that age, you're like, I'm going to go to jail for this if I get caught. <laughs> yeah. You know? oh, yeah. So, for death here. so yeah so i like pop my head in and i look and then i step out and i have like a mental image in my head of where the tapes are and i'm like all right i'm gonna run in grab this and run out so that's where i got cannibal camp out i'd run in i grab cannibal camp out and run back out and i remember the first time that i rented a movie from that section was cannibal camp out and i i thought when i put it up there they were going to catch me they're going to go hey this tape came out of the adult section <laughs> they didn't obviously i now i look back and they didn't care right but i put it up there and i'm just sitting there like am i going to get caught am i going to get caught and i didn't so then i was like cool i could run in the adult closet get these gory horror movies um but where this leads back to what we were talking about is i talked to tim ritter i talked to wally cause i thought which who did 555 yeah. um you know over the last 10 years I've been talking to these people just you know not even related to the movie uh, I talked to John McBride who did Cannibal Camp Out yeah. a lot of times what they did was they filmed these things so cheap they didn't have if they got a distributor cool 
right. they would buy so many copies they still had a ton they would put them in the trunk of their car they would drive they would go on like a three thousand mile road trip or whatever and go to every video store they've seen come in and be like hey would you like to buy a copy of my movie wow. and they would uh you know sometimes buy a copy of them that way and uh tim ritter tells a great story in his interview about going um I, it wasn't truth or dare i don't think it might have been truth or dare i can't remember but he went into a video store to sell it and the guy literally made him sit beside him and they watched the entire movie beside each other whoa and then he didn't like the movie yeah so he like sat there the whole time then didn't sell wow. a copy um wow but it, yeah it's crazy and some of the stories that we've got just about how certain tapes got into certain places is just like ridiculous some of the stuff they had to go through to get their tapes sold like uh, it was insane that's so awesome man that's crazy that's awesome well Mm-mm. let me ask you this but so when where will this be where will listeners myself included because um like i said i'm a documentary fiend where where will be we be able to, to view this where do you have a release date on on the documentary what's that what's that looking like yep so we hope to be complete so december or thanksgiving to christmas we're gonna just we're not doing anything because you know with families and holidays and stuff like that it's just i don't feel right messaging people like hey will you take time away from your family and like let me interview you for a day i'll wait till after that so as soon as january 1st hits we we're kicking into gear finishing up our regional stuff uh that month and then um we're gonna start editing we hope to be done by end of march april and it'll be complete finished product um, if you if people that donated to the Indiegogo, they could have chose a perk like a, a DVD, VHS copy, that kind of thing. Um, so they'll get the initial things. Then um, my buddy Justin, who is a producer on the project, has put forward a lot of the money for the Indiegogo. He's really good at like sitting. His job basically is to sit down and get distribution for multiple things, not just movies. So he's going to get meetings set up and be kind of like my mouth while i'm sitting there and get these distribution deals because ultimately that's what we want right um i want to sell this finished product to a distribution company and then it's theirs i make enough money to pay some bills and then fund the next one um because the the next idea i got these crazy messages that blew my mind from people in another country ireland video stores mom and pop uh, Korean video stores that are still in the jungle. The jungle grew around a video store and they just left it and moved. What? Yeah. Whoa. So I'm like, I'm like, there's mom and pop stores in like Mexico, Ireland, Korea. Some of them are still standing and just grown over with vines. And like the guy from Korea is like, I can get you in there. Wow. We can just go through the jungle. I'll guide you through the jungle. We'll tear the vines off and go in there. And I'm like, Whoa. Whoa, this is an amazing idea here. Okay. Yeah, so that's what I want to do. I want to pick four locations. I want to go to Mexico. I want to go to Ireland, Germany, and um and Korea. Those are the ones that I want to do like abroad. Like, you know, yeah, mom and pops abroad. Too. And uh because like one cool thing about Germany is their rating system was uh, like ridiculous. Some of the horror movies that that like their Tim Ritters and their Donald Farmers and their regional cheap shot on video stuff, yeah, like you know, a lot of people know Burning Moon and stuff like that. Right. It's like yeah. ridiculously violent, oh, yeah. like horror stuff. So like their video scene was like totally different. So I like want to go find out about this. And, yeah. But uh, so that's what that's what I want to do. I want to get a distributor to buy this. Then it's theirs. I get enough money to fund this next one and pay a couple bills. And uh, then they put it out on DVD. If that fails, I've got like three ends on streaming. We'll have it streaming. So I mean, that's no problem. But uh, 
Beautiful. Preferably distribution. Yep. Absolutely. Oh, awesome, yeah. man. That's awesome. And you know what's cool about the uh, the global thing is I think, especially when you talk about pop culture, the United States is sort of always considered the mecca of pop culture mm-hmm. too. And you don't think about what went on at that same time globally. Yeah, they, they were doing the same thing, you know, like like different different avenues and different ways. Um, but yeah, like it's crazy to think that in 1988, there was a kid going in a video store looking at the horror section in thailand or something like <laughs> it's crazy you know and then a lot yeah. of these a lot of these movies were dubbed over there and they they went on a completely different like the dubbing was wrong like and they went on completely different stories and dot lines of dialogue and stuff wow. um, donald farmer was telling me you know his movies have ended up in other countries that he didn't even realize and then they dubbed them and they didn't know all of our English, so they kind of said what they thought they were saying and stuff like that. So it's amazing. It's just that's amazing. Yeah, yeah it, it's just to <laughs> me, it, like, like I just as a fan of horror and video stories, all this, it's just amazing. Like, I want to see that. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. And who knows, you might find some like sweet if you if you do end up getting into those, <laughs> you might find some sweet deals in there. That hey, maybe 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 lasted, t- test of time. Right? <laughs> who knows? Who knows? Who knows? We have this. Uh, we have this one listener from Mexico, uh, Ben Diaz, and he like constantly messages us. I'm, I've bought a few tapes off of him, uh, and and it's just like random films that are like horror bangers down there and this is there's a shark film too i forget what the hell it's called it's in spanish but uh (laughs) it is crazy to think about like people were having their own experiences within this community Mm -hmm. like literally on the other side of the world yeah Yeah, it's amazing i I can't imagine the stories we could hear because some of the stories that i heard from mom and pop are like insane like not to give everything away but one I'll, I'll give you a, a little snippet. So we found a lot of like very controversial things that happened because of video search. One being fronts for drugs that they sold. They sold steroids to police officers in the neighborhood. Um, and the tapes were just there as a front. Another one, which is great. I don't know if you know, uh, Henrik Kuto. Uh, he's a director and writer. He did like babysitter massacre, um, okay. scare okay. waves, stuff like that. Yeah. Uh, we sat with him and he, we're just talking and he's like, oh, yeah. And then um, I used to go to that one video store, the one where the guy killed the people. And I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa back up. What? <laughs> you know, he's like, yeah. oh, my friend who runs Bloodscreen Comics, maybe I can get him over. He knows the whole story. I was like, please call him. <laughs> he comes over and I won't go into too much detail, but apparently a guy murdered people, then like escaped and then moved to, I think it was Pennsylvania and uh, opened a video store changed his name ran a video store for several years then america's most wanted did an episode on him and they all busted in in the middle of the video store and arrested this guy (laughs) for murder yeah so i'm like damn video stores are wild man (laughs) (laughs) it's like the wild west in the video well it's funny too because you know i mean we've heard about that locally with a pizza store where they were like fronting i don't know if in elmer Elmer. they had the same thing where they were selling like cocaine and meth oh yeah they were were pushing weight out the back and the the front (laughs) and their pizza was good so i'm like there was was probably drugs in it who knows you know there was probably (laughs) we didn't even know it but that's talk about a crazy story and especially that he 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 murdered somebody in a VHS store and then opened a VHS store. No, no, no. Oh, so he oh, didn't murder somebody in a video oh, store. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, okay. Now, when he was telling me, he said murdered somebody in a video store, and I was like, "What?" But the story ended up being that he murdered somebody, and then he went and changed his name and opened a video store. Wow. And then he ran 
the very successful video store Whew. apparently yeah Damn. <laughs> would it be cool to even like visit that place too you know i'm sure so. I'm- apparently it's not oh wait no no no. i'm sorry it is there because we actually went there and filmed but it's just an empty place at this point so oh, we okay. we actually filmed uh, the guy matt from Bloodscream comics uh, in front of the store telling us like the story and then oh, you nice. know kind of like pointing in the window like okay here's where all the videos were set up here's where the horror section was so yeah um you know a lot of times that's that's what it was it was just empty stores we went to but we it was great we would be able to get somebody from the community that remembered going there and they would almost like stand there and be like wow i can remember here's where we used to go check out here's where the horror section was over here and it almost gives you like a mental image in this shutdown story you know sure yeah that's really cool that is very, no, that's awesome that's so yeah, sick that, well, talk about the cool backdrop you I mean you like it's almost if somebody just kind of like jumped in on a documentary they'd be like is this like an id discovery like situation? oh yeah because we um we actually have been able we got the rights to be able to air clips from the america's most wanted episode um wow. apparently america's most wanted just doesn't care like if you use <laughs> their clips so i'm like cool what was that guy's name i can't remember the guy's name. john walsh uh, there it is, John Walsh. Yeah, yeah. yeah. John Walsh. Uh, that's awesome. Man. Well, I, I got to bust it. Yeah. In. Well, I got to say, Bobby, I'm, I'm I'm super stoked for it to come out, man. I think. Uh, Thank you, man. Yeah, that, there's just um, likewise. Yeah, the, yeah, the wave yeah. of nostalgia that's going to hit too. I think is going to be is going to be awesome. And talking about going through abandoned buildings, I've done it a couple times where like things of my past have been that are no longer. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I actually get like a physical wave of like lightheadedness when I go into some places. Where I'm, oh like, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I do too, man. Whoa. I di- I did several times over this um and like as weird as it sounds that happened to me just the other day i was just flipping through youtube and i found that they have compilations of commercials you know from certain years so i was just like watching commercials from like 1993 and i'm like man it kind of hits you in the chest you're like yeah. i remember watching this on tv when i was a kid you know it's it's wild dude, you, it's like a time machine you know dude you you, you literally hit a weird niche that me and my wife do <laughs> where if we get like a certain level of drunk we're like let's put on like 2000s commercials and like see what comes in and you're just like wow i remember do you rem- i remember when i first saw that oh yeah it's just dude i'll tell you i don't know if you guys do edibles or anything but if you do and then you watch the commercials man uh, you feel like a kid again <laughs> you know what, what a ride it is a ride dude you have to snap yourself out of it because you think you're in 1993 again and you're like whoa where am i right, take a pause take a pause <laughs> yeah. yeah this is getting too real that's awesome man. that's awesome that's amazing that's cool that's cool well, no, dude. I mean, that's I'm super stoked for it. You know, definitely. Uh, yeah, no, definitely very hyped for it. So, listen, let's uh, let's 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 let you have the floor for a second to plug where um, the listeners can find you, and in the future, be able to find the doc uh, if they can contribute and support. Yeah. Now, where do we send them? Uh, all that. So, the floor is yours, sure, man. Um, so, contributions. I mean, if anybody wants to pitch toward it, absolutely great. The Indiegogo's closed, but I mean, if anybody. Especially like if, if anybody's got pictures or videos of old video stores, we could really use those if they've got, you know, a, even a location around North Carolina, because I don't think we have the money to fly or drive far. But if like South Carolina, Georgia, Tennessee, you know, stuff like that, anybody's got an old video store, has some amazing stories there. And like we met one guy that has all his stuff from his video store in a storage unit. So we, he's going to like, we're going to film him. He's going to be pulling stuff out and like recounting memories as we go through it. Wow. You know, if they got stuff like that, that would be great. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's very easy mom, the letter N, pop, doc, D-O-C, dot com. Uh, if they go to that, it's literally a link tree and it's got all of our links. IMDB, 
Facebook, Twitter, stuff like that. Um, we've got a ton of people in the documentary, Donald Farmer, Tim Ritter, Brad Sykes, Lloyd Kaufman. Um, we've got a few other people that I can't release their names yet because they literally okay. had us. They're like bigger people. And I, they made us sign an NDA saying, you can't say we're in this movie until the movie comes out. And I'm like, okay. Well, it, let me put it this way. It wasn't those people. It was their reps or whatever. Those people right, were like, I don't sure. care. But <laughs> sure. the reps are like, no, 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 no. You know? So I'm like, oh, crap. Okay. Yeah. But um, yeah, so check out momandpopdoc.com. All the links are on there. Um, I mean, it links to my, MD, my IMDb. Shark Exodus 2 should be done filming soon. Uh, Donald's super fast with getting editing done. So I'd say in the next couple months, that should be available. Um, it'll probably awesome. be available. I know Shark Exorcist One was available through SRS Cinema uh, from Ron Bonk. I'm assuming yeah. probably the same or Wild Eye releasing one of the other two. Um, but you'll be able to see me get killed. Uh, you'll be able to see my very subpar acting. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> yeah, so uh, so that I've got a couple other projects down the pipeline. I actually get to play a really cool uh, role in a locally produced um, they're going to do an anthology of stories and one of the first stories is the working title is the TikTok killer that's probably not going to be the end title but it, it revolves around a killer and a TikTok and a good twist ending. I get to play probably the biggest role I've ever played. It's like when he cast me in the role, he's like, you're perfect for it. He sent me the script and I'm like, there's a lot of lines in this dude. Like, I'm used to just getting killed. You know? I gotta remember but, uh, he's like, oh, yeah, he's like, Oh, you'll get killed. But you know, I'm like the second most lines in the whole like thing. So I'm like, wow, I'm stressing about it. Part. Yeah. It'd, it'd be cool. It'd be really fun too. Um, so that, um, uh, there's a few projects that I'm trying to get on. There's a really cool, I'm going to give them a free plug here. Uh, there's a movie called Wolf Hollow that is going to start shooting next year. Nice. Um, and I, he put up a casting thing and did the script. And uh, it's just, it's like a, I don't want to say it's like werewolves within, but it's like a werewolf, like horror comedy. Uh, and it looks really cool. And I'm just, I'm trying to play a werewolf in a movie. That's what I want to do. I'm, yeah. I'm kind no, of a big dude. You were dude. just talking about that film I last just watched week. werewolves. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, oh, no, yeah. Yeah, yeah it, was, it was a good, it was a little all over, but I, anything horror comedy, I mean, it's it. Oh yeah, it's and that, I love that AT and T girl, man. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I love that, man, dude. <laughs> like, anything, yeah. but uh, but yeah, that was what you pointed that's funny. Yeah, it, I, uh, man, yeah, but uh, yeah, like <laughs> werewolf movies. I love werewolf movies, so I'm trying to play a werewolf in this movie. And I, I told him, I said, dude, I'm kind of a big dude. Like I'm six five, like 260 pounds. Like I could put me in a werewolf suit, dude. <laughs> you know, so yeah. I don't know if that'll happen, but maybe he'll hear this and he'll be like, man, he really does like it. Fingers crossed. I need to put him in there. Fingers crossed. Listen, Thank put you. him in a werewolf costume. Do it. They, do I want right? to do it, man. Yeah. I've got long hair. Use what I got now. You know, I don't right, know. It's all natural. You don't even have to pay for there it. There you go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so I'm trying to get in that. I've got some really cool stuff working out next year. So, but right now, I guess, you know, really focusing on the documentary, wrapping it up and uh, getting Shark Exorcist 2 wrapped up. I've been doing a little bit of film uh, camera work with him, too, um, other than acting in it. So just helping out any way I can, because it's just a dream to work with Donald. Um, but yeah, I guess uh, check me out on Facebook. Uh, Bobby Knipe Jr. on Facebook. Uh, I have a Twitter, but I don't really use it, so I won't even plug it. <laughs> And uh, momandpopdoc.com. I'm sorry that was really long winded. Uh, no, listen, it. that's what we want. We want we want the big the big uh, you know the all of it. We want yeah, it all. Of it. Absolutely, <laughs> so, absolutely. But yeah, listen, man. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Like I said, and Tyler said, you know, we're extremely stoked. Especially, well, we're equally stoked. But Tyler is like the the documentary <laughs> like guru aficionado. It's my, it's my so, oh, me like, too, that's man. His, that's his bread absolutely. and butter. So. Uh, 
we are absolutely stoked for that to come out, as well as you know seeing you uh, get killed by a demon nun in Shark Exorcist too, yeah. <laughs> and uh, you know all your future endeavors. We are we are stoked for you, and we are stoked to, to have you on and talk about it. Thank you, man, for having me. Like, I really appreciate it. Like, I've, I've been listening to you guys since you started because, Caleb, I know you from the VHS groups. And uh, yeah. when you, you started posting them, I was like, oh, okay, cool. So I've been, I've been listening, man. I've been there. Oh, and it's Knipe. Tyler was right. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Tyler <laughs> was right. Yeah, Tyler I was right. I shouted out my honors <laughs> English from 11th and 12th grade for that. So thank you. There you go. Thanks, there Ms. you McCauley. go. Yeah. Shout out, Miss McCauley. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Hell yeah. Well, listen, Bobby, we're going to have you on again in the future. We'll, you know, next time we'll have you on, we'll hopefully uh, be reviewing and talking over the dock or Shark Exorcist 2. And, yeah, man. You know, we'd do some fucking yeah. crazy or, shit. And, or uh, any other films, too. Yeah. If you got any recommendations for us, man, shoot them our way because we're, we're, yeah. we're always yeah, looking for stuff to watch and review and bullshit about. So, you know, absolutely. I will do. We'll do. Awesome. Oh, yeah, buddy. Well, until next time, buddy, we'll catch you later. Thanks for so much for coming yeah, on. Absolutely, dude. Thank you. All right. Well, that was awesome. We had Bobby Knipe on the show to talk about some, some rad shit. That was great. Um, and uh tie guy listen we gotta we gotta talk about something really important really important what is it we need <laughs> something to watch for next week dude and, uh, well listen so uh we first of all let's just take a second and say how fucking cool is bobby i've, I've never met him that was the first time i've met him i could talk yeah. to that dude for probably six or seven hours easily i feel like that guy's got endless oh, stories without a doubt endless without stories. a doubt and uh <laughs> we just kind of cut poppy off there but listen dude bobby if you if, if you go back and listen to this episode man um i'll dm you too any any recommendations you have love to pick your brain on stuff um you'll, you'll be hearing from me soon um, in a good way yeah that sounds kind of foreboding oh, yeah. but um no, I, think, I think two big things one uh the introduction next episode of, of kate's corner of kate's corner that'll uh, yes that'll be this it. is okay this is going to be a very uh I'm stoked for it. I'm, I'm excited. Yeah. I'm excited. And you know what? We're also going to have Tyler's segment where he's going to talk about some true crime shit. And uh, there's going to be just some more stuff added on. This week, you know, we wanted to, to, to sit down with Bobby and, and chat about his endeavors in the, uh, the world of horror. Oh, yeah. And for next week, we have an even... We have a, we have new stuff coming, baby. It's just... It's a new palette. It's, it's, That's it. I'm feeling good about We're it. changing flavors. Kate's Corner... Tyler's fucking true crime doc shit. It's gonna be sick. We'll, we'll, it's gonna be we'll, so we'll sick. We'll have an official name for next episode. Yeah, there'll be a there'll be a problem. Yeah, I'll, I'll think. I got a week. Way. I got a week. Give me a week. Yeah. Um, but I think for man for next episode for a film. Eight, Listen, do we want to do do we want to do something a little newer? We we could do a little newer if we'd like. Um, want to do a little newer? Do we want to do maybe uh, something that I've been wanting to see, uh, like the, the the new VHS film? Oh, true. VHS ninety four, something like that, like in the vein of that. I was gonna say so. Or, what are you thinking? I I would like to do it. It's uh, I mean, it is you know to some degree. I think certainly a, a probably a more mainstream film but i don't think it gets talked about a lot quite frankly in the in the in oh, the circles um i don't know if you've seen it um joyride ah, joyride i've seen that cover hold on dude uh, big names r.i.p one of them let's see oh uh, yeah yeah joyride let's see um uh not coffee <laughs> Joyride Coffee from 2001. Oh, yeah, we got Paul Walker. Steve Zahn. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yep, Steve Zahn. Steve Zahn, Dude, yeah, yeah. great fucking on the road. It's a la another movie. You know what? 
I don't know. You tell me. I just watched it. And I know, I think Trox just shit on it. But I would love to review Pumpkinhead. Oh. That's a fucking, I love that movie. Trox, I don't, I don't agree, but hey. Still love you. All right, disagree. that's it. Listen, listen, all you lovely listeners out there. Next week, we're watching fucking Pumpkinhead. 1988. Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead. We just watched it, too. Sad. It's it's listen it's 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 that time of year baby it's the pumpkin season so it makes the sense you guys are it it makes the sense it makes the sense it makes the sense makes Makes all the sense um yeah don't uh watch out for your local pumpkin patches because you don't know what you're gonna dig up yeah dude fucking stan winston fucking classic here baby we're about to fucking about to rock it dude stan winston is done has done some absolutely insane films dude i mean like we're talking t terminator 2 t2 baby Jurassic Park, Aliens, like Edward Scissorhands, or yeah, Scissorhands. Fuck, that's always a fuck one. To, uh, it's always a fuck one to old, say. Old, you know? sizzy. But yo, check it out. But, so there's another film yeah, too. Pumpkinhead, baby. Pumpkinhead for next week. But there's another film, and I'm gonna pull it up here really quickly that I think we should at some point review. And, and again, it is talked about in heart and in, in horror lore. It's definitely what I would consider mainstream too. But it has um, Lance Henriksen in it. And it's called, uh, I believe it's called Near Dark. And oh yeah, I've not seen that film, but it's a it's a vampire meets western film. Now, are we talking? There's okay, so there's three. So there's one with um, it's with, Bill, with fucking uh, Bill Paxton. That's the one. That's the one. Yeah. So that's eighty-seven. Yeah. 87. I haven't seen that, but I've heard good things, and I feel like the Bad Taste Boys reviewed it or at least talked about it in in a good vein okay um and it's interesting because bill paxton has definitely done like some uh some interesting roles because obviously you're used to seeing bill pa- i mean i'm used to seeing bill paxton in twister sure. that's where i and tombstone saw he's in tombstone then, too I think. oh he's also in tombstone yep. and then apollo 13 like i'm talking like big boys oh, yeah he was also in aliens but like he's he's got a, he's got a background in art for he sure does. he does a near dark apparently but, i've never seen it but I've always heard good things. I've never heard a, a bad yeah. review, quite honestly. He's uh, he's apparently he's pretty fucking crazy. Yeah. Man. But uh, well, listen, we're gonna hit you with the trailer for uh, Pumpkinhead. Yes. The OG, and we're gonna watch that next week. I'm so enjoy the trailer. Afraid raising the dead ain't within my power. Will it be alright? Should I be afraid? It's coming! <laughs> Looking for an old woman. She lives somewhere in the mountains hereabouts. All she can do is take you straight to hell. You go home and you bury your boy. Some folks will say is how she's got powers. Who are you? Ed Harley. What do you want, Ed Harley? Sad. You're looking for vengeance. Vengeance. Sad. There's no graveyard way back deep in them woods. The thing you're looking for is in there. It was an accident. Now it begins. It begins. It begins. 
and we're back. <laughs> yeah, just like that. Wow, wow that's really yeah. went fast. That's crazy. Yeah, so quick. so quick. Well, as we usually on these things, buddy. How about you? You you are. I don't know, dude. You might be the. You might be the the anchor. If we were like a news station, you're like the anchor. You're like the Ron Swanson of this podcast when it comes to plugging see, things. It, you know, we're just we're getting into our we're getting into our shoes. That's it. You know where and and like honestly, your your interviewing skills are you know very very good. Oh, thank you. And you just you know how to hit the numbers. You know how to keep the conversation flowing. That interview was was fueled by Tyler's. Um, uh, wittiness and um, questionnaire. That's it. That's it. You're so, welcome, everybody. You're welcome. But listen, here, here's what you're gonna do. Um, you know, you're obviously listening to this right now. Rate, review, subscribe. Tell a friend. You got a friend that's in the podcast. You're talking to fucking Johnny Sue last week, and he was like, "Yeah, I fucking I listen to the Joe Rogan podcast." But jo- Johnny Sue also likes, you know, crazy fucked up horror movies. Point him our way. Share our page. Share our Instagram or whatever. Okay. Let's say you hate podcasts. You're not listening to this right now. I don't even know where I'm going to go with that. That was just, I, I don't even know what the fuck no, I was going to say there because that just it wouldn't have made no, sense. I liked it. But listen, you like in the pod, you're in the podcast, you like podcasts. If that's your thing, you like horror, you know, tell a friend. All right. Phone a friend. And if you know, phone a friend, you know, phone a friend, call him in. And uh, rate, review, subscribe. All that shit does help. We say it every episode and it's because it's true. It does. It works. And. The big thing too is is that what's going to help you rate, review, subscribe quickly is a Camp Crystal Latte delicious brew. That's it. So make sure you get over to their website. They have a whole bunch of horror themed coffee that is just uh, delectable. Just chef's kiss. It's delectable, and uh, it fueled today's podcast. And uh, this episode was brought to you by Camp Crystal Latte. So go to their website, campcrystallatte.com. Use code TAPEHEAD at checkout for 15% off your order. And with that being said, I've been sitting here this entire time. Just, just, ah, basking in the glory of what is lit behind me. And uh, you know what that is? It's... A delicious, I guess you could say a candle's delicious. It's delicious to my nostrils. Well, listen. All right? It flares them nicely. I've always said that pumpkin spice, pumpkin spice, <laughs> pumpkin spice tastes, tastes nice. yeah. Well, pumpkin spice to me tastes like a candle smells. So in my opinion, yes, delicious. I second that. Wikicandlecode.com. There, there it is. <laughs> For this week, we are talking Pumpkinhead from 1987. Or next week. Next week. Dude, I've this coffee's got me juicing, baby. I'm going to let you know right now, all right? I got, I got, I got fucking Dude, Cam, sidewinded Cam, there for a hot second. Cam Crystal Latte's putting LSD, micro doses of LSD. Yo, holy shit. All right. You're going to go to wikicandlecode.com, all right? And you're going to use code tapehead 15 for 15% off your order. All right? She makes all the fucking finest scents, and they're all horror-themed. It's my mom. My mom approved. It's mom approved. Yes, mom approved. All right? So, listen, guys. We're going to, guys... God damn, (laughs) dude. I am... I'm just... I'm... I gotta go. You're gonna start... start, Did you see that? Did you see that person in the corner? No, I didn't, Caleb. I gotta go. Listen, guys, we're going to catch you next week for Pumpkinhead. I'm really excited about it, and I hope you guys are too. And uh, Ty Guy, 
Till next time, buddy. Till next time. See you. Deuces.